0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Rise and shine. You're all with this due time with Pastor Steph. How are you this morning? That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. For this is the day the Lord has made that us rejoice and be glad in it. So where were you last week? Oh, last week, last week, last week, we started off the morning shaking the Monday morning blues with our friend, Pastor Terry Adolfo, and we talked about praying for my husband's mind. Now, we know that men are supposed to be the leaders of the home. Men are supposed to be the stronger ones. You know, some men like to even go biblical on you and talk about how, you know, we're supposed to be the weaker, you know, and then they have to do their job so that, you know, we can make it and the family can make it. Mm, Girl, man, child... Ah. Woo. Catch a man wrong, catch a man out of place, out of his cycle, you know, off, you know, off his game, and yo, know, you really gotta pray for his mind, and that's any man, that's any man, because. We understand that sometimes they can be impulsive. We understand that sometimes, you know, based on the pressure that they're enduring, you know, they don't handle it as well as, you know, we would expect them to. And and this is not a criticism, you know. This is life. You I know, mean, this is life. Men have a lot of responsibility. You know, men have been raised to not cry to not be vulnerable, you know, don't show the weaker side. You know, all this garbage, all this garbage and facade that they put up. And even when they're on their game, we still got to pray for their mind because you need to make sure you're praying for their mind so that, you know, they're not, they don't become vulnerable because everyone gets weak. Or weaker or broken down at one point and you know if we don't stay up on our game, then their minds become like mush
0: <laughs>
1: and again it's no criticism because you have the best the best of the best of the best just kind of lose it you know we talk about you know how the men have to face. You know, pressure and torment every day from the outside source, outside world. And when they come home, you know, because we have our own issues, we pressure them. And after we pressure them, then, you know, they're they're broken down. They're beat down. And, you know, Pastor Terry talked about her husband The before and after. You know, I I was asking her questions about, you know, what was, if you compare the two, you know, you compare the before he was a pastor to the after he was a pastor. You know, what was it like? What was his thinking like? What was his decision making like? What was his prayer life like? All of this stuff has everything to do with your mind. And if your mind is not right, then you're not going to be On your A-game So, you know, you gotta pray for your husband's mind You know, come on She talked about the fact that At one point, and I believe this was before the pastoring Because she said they've been married Almost 10 years She said that, you know, he stopped going to church You know, and, and she had to You know, keep up You know, that prayer life, she had to keep up, you know, doing what she was supposed to do for the family. She was supposed to do, you know, keep up with with taking care of the kids and herself and him. And him. Now, I'm going to get some, you know, a little more information because we're going to have her back. Because I want to know what this post-pastoring or pre-pastoring, and I believe I believe it was pre-pastoring. I believe it was pre-pastoring, but like she said, you know, she just prayed and she prayed and she prayed, and you know, it, it, it's a difficult thing when you get married and you think everything is good, and then after the kids come, you then stop going to church. Because if anything, you need to go to church after we had these kids. Because we got two more lives That we got to pray about So You know thanks be to God That you know everybody's on track now But it definitely did not come easy So You know We got to make sure That we keep our prayer game up And uh, that transitions us straight Into our Switch tip Pray for yourself And like I said last week you better believe a whole lot of that was going on while he was adrift. Is that a word? That's a word, isn't it? It's, okay, I, don't know. I found that from Auntie Brenda later. If that's a word, but I believe that's a word. And if not, that's Pastor Steph's word this morning. You know, he's just all over the place. You know, and even if he only went to one other church, they weren't going to church together. So he was all over the place. You know, it was. I, I, I just listen. I know what it is to be separated, right within a marriage, and you know that that's no joke. And you're gonna have to keep yourself lifted, you know, in prayer. You know, my uh, when I was married, when I was young, I didn't know anything about a prayer life. Ooh, I need one then. But uh. <laughs> You know, you've got to get your prayer game up for yourself. You know, a lot, I, you know how many people I've heard say or who have told me, you know, I ask them about praying and they tell me, you know, probably, you know, I I pray for other people, you know, I don't pray for myself. I'm saying, myself, how do you think you're praying for somebody else? The Bible tells us, do not do anything that will hinder our prayer. So how you pray for somebody else? And you ain't even praying for you. You surely can't pray for Pastor Steph. That ain't happening. Well so please, keep your prayer game up. Because if you ever, if I ever need you to pray for me, you're going to have to pray for you first. So make sure you pray for yourself. Okay? Okay. Well, uh, let's talk about it Tuesday came along. And oh, my, 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 my. We talked about the drag queen in the schools telling the eleven year olds all kind of things that there's seventy three genders teaching them about uh sex oral sex anal sex masturbation, oh my 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 school in England just ain't the same and as a side note, Elder teacher sent us over a link of a a a woman. Who went to the authorities of the school and talked and talked about this particular topic and showed them books remember I kept saying last week I said I sure would like to know what the visual aids were well there are books in the school hold on to your seat There are books in the school that, in a cartoon depiction of oral sex. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. There are pictures of them having sex. Two people having sex. Same sex. Oh, my gosh. It's out there in the school. Talk about prayer. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Elder Natisha sent it over the other day and uh, blew us away. Blew us away. So I tell you, we got to keep prayer going. We got to keep prayer going. And uh, our mayor, the next day, Wow, Wednesday, socially conscious segment, um, our girl Viv talked about the fact that the mayor said, you know, when you took prayer out of school, uh, they replaced it with guns. Oh, man. I'm going to tell you something you talk about a loaded gun, that book, those books are a loaded gun. And if he ever could do anything, if he walks up out of that uh, what do you call that office, that mayoral office and does not address the school issue that that there, use your power for that. You know, he, he wants to talk about how You know, church and state needs to be integrated and infused. Well, baby, 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 we better do whatever we have to do. And my prayer is that he definitely opens up a door to bring those two together because we really need it. We really need it. Oh, my gosh, we really need it. You really need it. Oh, Therapeutic Thursday will never be the same again as we had our sister Gertie Gordy on with her Tress Talk with Gertie. And oh, my, 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 what a conversation. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Our sister Gertie talked about that head. Oh, the child's head, the baby's head. How we put them pom-poms, barrettes, and bobos all in them, and pulling on the kids' hair too tight. She talked about our braids and how, according to her, you don't need to be wearing these braids past four weeks. She said, how do you retwist and start this all over again and you haven't washed your hair and, you know, all of the, the, the uh, pressure and tension and all that? It was some kind of conversation. And we're going to have... Our sister girl, you're on with us once a month. Yes, she has signed up for once a month. So we get to ask any questions about our hair. And I got some questions for her personally. So I know you do. And uh, just pack the questions up. Send them on over so that I can definitely get to her and ask her these questions when she's on the next time. But fantastic. Well, our week ended up. On Friday, just as great as we had the men on with the new addition, one of our new additions to the men's day, our Pastor Vinnie Strokes, or oh, Strokes, Stokes, our Pastor Vincent Stokes. I want to make sure I get that right. I don't want to disrespect the men. But, yeah, he was on Friday with our Pastor KL and our brother Al, and they did a fantastic job as we talked on Friday, another crazy conversation as we talked about, you know, the uh, LGBT rights. (laughs) Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, how the parents had to take a stand for their children, according to them, and, you know, kind of out a set of parents who are now standing up for the LGBTQ community. So that was a really good conversation, and the men kind of were split. Yeah, we didn't have a unanimous vote there. And we talked about, you know, how we need to be fair. We need to be fair and, and how the, the scale needs to be balanced. You know, when we have these chaperones in school and who we, you know, let come into the school. And, you know, does the LGBT issue really reign? and help us make a decision as to, you know, if the kids are not in danger, then do we really tilt the scale and say no? What a conversation. Well, Talk about what a conversation. Last night. Woo! (laughs) What a conversation as we introduced an intimate connection with Pastor Steph, and we had our Dr. Billy Smith all with us. Oh my goodness, what a journey! Did you hear your story? Man, if you ever, ever, ever went back to listen, then you definitely want to go back and listen to last night. Last night, Dr. Billy talked about facing death. 13 times straight in the face, man, when God says no, God means no. Forget about said means no. So you have got to go back and hear his journey through life. And we top that off with our prayer, our word prayer project holding on and holding out for God. Oh, that was good. That was good. And again, the prayer requests were crazy. And what we did, we had a little challenge last night. We had I'll raise your hand if you're sure, raise your hand if it's me. And I said every time you hear a prayer request that you know had something to do with you, and it was you too, say that's me And man The hands were all up In the chat room last night So if you were not there That's another reason To go back and listen Even to the prayer and man And uh hmm, Dr. Billy was A part of the prayer project As well So he added his two cents And it was fantastic So last week Last night, great. Great, great. Go back and listen. Oh, my goodness gracious. You know, we always have a wonderful week here on this due time with Pastor Steph, but certain weeks, (laughs) I mean, it'd be like an uppercut and it's like a jab and a punch and a kick. Man, oh, it was crazy. It was crazy, it was crazy, it was crazy. God is amazing. God is amazing. So today, 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 oh, today we are shaking the Monday morning blues all over again. God is great. He has brought us safely through a wonderful weekend. We are back together again. Yes, yes. And we've got a guest on with us this morning. I'm sure you're going to enjoy her. She's going to be a treat. We had a long conversation last week, and she was like, man, if the conversation is like this now, I was like, yep. So stay tuned. You know, go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's due time when Pastor Steph is on. And make sure you go nowhere, because we'll be right back. According to a recent survey by the American Optometric Association, more than half of Americans and four out of five children use electronic devices for three or more hours per day, and those statistics will only increase. March is Save Your Vision Month, and the American Optometric Association wants you to see well into the future. It's more important than ever to make sure your family members receive yearly comprehensive eye exams from your local eye doctor. Protect your eye health in the 21st century. Visit AOA.org to learn more. And good morning again. Oh, welcome back to its due time with Pastor Steph, and we are shaking the Monday morning blues. Yes, and just doing a recap from last week's uh, episodes and last night's episodes. Oh, man, that helped me shake the Monday morning blues. Amen, 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 amen. So, we've got a little health tip before we get our guest in here and on. And I say, let's get this party started. All right. So, I don't know how many of you have migraines, but... I used to. I don't anymore. I haven't anymore. But I got other stuff. (laughs) Having a migraine is something else. And I know people who suffer with migraines. And, you know, we want to give you a little assistance this morning and talk about some of your triggers Yes, everybody's triggers are not going to be the same, but, you know, when you have issues, health issues, one of the things you want to stay up on, you know, knowing your triggers, knowing your triggers, knowing your triggers, that's, like, essential. That's really essential because if you don't get yourself together, then you're not going to know, you know, what to do and what not to do. So what are some of the triggers to a migraine headache. Well, migraine. Let's just call it that. Migraine. Well, they say certain foods like cocoa, caffeine, and red wine. Okay. So they say, you know, we, we hear the dark chocolate is good for you and things like that, but chocolate in and of itself is uh, not good for headaches. No. Cocoa is also a potential trigger, as is red wine, caffeine, sour cream, aspartame, beans, nuts, soy sauce, lunch meat, pickled foods, and some others. Now, you're kind of picking up on the caffeine tip. So that stuff, you know, that kind of goes without saying. But sour cream? Aspartame? Well, listen, beans and nuts stay on our healthy food list. So this is definitely a, a one-two punch for those who have uh, migraines because if, you know, you if this is a trigger for your migraine, then you surely don't want to eat that, and now end up with a migraine. And, you know, some of the other stuff you can kind of figure out, soy sauce, lunch meat, those things are high in sodium. So, again, you know, it's no real uh, question as to why those things would, you know, kind of trigger your migraine. So remember, I'm going to read this list again: cocoa, red wine, caffeine, sour cream, aspartame, beans, nuts, soy sauce, lunch meat, pickled food, and other stuff like it. Okay. So, also they say a peanut, um, a peanut butter sandwich, could actually spark a migraine. Yeah. Well, something else that can spark your migraine, skipping meals. Yes. They say skipping meals, avoiding food altogether can also trigger your migraine. They say make sure you keep your diet balanced and healthy. Okay? What else triggers migraines? Irregular sleep, they say. So they say... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they say, if you jump up out of bed uh off you know you know how sometimes you just jump up out of your bed, you wake up and you're like, Oh my goodness, I overslept. They say that can trigger a headache. They say that not going to bed at a reasonable hour can trigger a migraine. They say not getting enough sleep can trigger a migraine, so they say, if you want to keep that." those migraines down you definitely want to make sure you get proper sleep okay well stress (laughs) surprise surprise stress they say can spur a migraine they say juggling too many responsibilities You know, your career, your household, your parenting, your relationships, all that kind of stuff. Put those things all together. Now, I know, you know, you think you can do it all, and maybe you do. But that might aid in getting those migraines, okay? So think about that, okay? What else are they saying can spark a migraine? Hormonal fluctuations. Uh, I'm sorry, ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say that, you know, when our hormones are all over the place, our menstrual cycle, the 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 estrogen levels, the, the, what do you call it, the menopause, yes, all of those things that cause our hormones to fluctuate can also bring on a migraine. So if you're having a migraine headache and it's kind of out of nowhere, then mm, that might be the reason why. That might be the reason why birth control pills. Now this, this is this here is is really a catch twenty two situation because they actually recommend birth control pills to people who don't even have sex. No, they say birth control pills are really really good for regulating a lot of things in your body. And one of the things uh, are your hormones. Yeah. So, they're saying that, you know, uh, some women who take birth control pills, again, with your hormones even quote-unquote regulated or whatever else these birth control pills are supposed to be doing for you, that also might be sparking those... Migraines Okay Well Those are the things you need to make sure You watch out for You know we're talking about Getting ourselves together And kind of staying there You know we go through a lot We go through a whole lot We go through a lot of stress Things that we don't even pay attention to You know whether our children are little With stress Or whether they're an adult You know, we can be stressed. You know, they say the older they get, the bigger their problems are. And you do, you have to be concerned. You know, even when they're driving, if that don't bring on a migraine, you know, even when they're driving or when they're dating or, you know, them just going out. You know, you wish that you could put them on, you know, a curfew. And not because they're they're bad or, you know, mischievous, but just because you just trust that they're safe in the house. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, watch those triggers, and I'll give you those again really quickly. If you're suffering with migraines, the triggers could be certain foods that you're eating, such as cocoa and that caffeine. Skipping meals could trigger your migraine. Irregular sleep, stress, hormonal fluctuations, birth control pills. And you want to make sure you kind of watch yourself. One of the things that I always tell people is you want to make sure you watch the things you do. So when you go to the doctor and they ask, you know, how long this been going on, you're not looking around talking about, well, I don't know. <laughs> if you don't know your body, then the doctor can help you. You want to make sure you know how to answer the questions. Because if you go up in there and you, oh, la, la, then they can't help you. Because one of the things that they do is kind of target, again, remember I said your triggers. They can't help you if they don't have the information they need, and you're the source of that information. Okay? All right. So, I haven't had a migrant in a long time. Well, that might be because one of the kids moved out. Ah! That was a little side joke. Y'all know how I get. Y'all know how I get. All right. Well, we are in the 730 hour. And, you know, we're on our, we're on our, t- back to talking to our ladies, praying for my husbands, And there is one minister who came to mind. And I said, wait a minute, I've been meaning to get her on this show since I started Back in June of 2016 And it just never Ever happened And You know, it's it's a, it's a bonus It's a little bonus Because she's also family And last week We got to talking And I was like, how would you like to? And she was like, yes, I'll take it I'll take it, I'll take it So without any further ado Because I have a lot of things I want to talk about this morning We're talking about praying for my husband so let me just introduce our minister Michelle Wade this morning good morning minister Michelle good morning Pastor Stephanie how are you (laughs) I am well thank you I am well thank you so much for joining us this morning and blessing us with your ministry this morning And why don't you just give everybody a brief synopsis as to who Minister Michelle Wade is? Okay. Well, first of all, I'm your cousin, so, you know, I (laughs) want you to know that we are family. Yes. Yes, yes, ma'am. Minister Michelle Wade from Harlem, New York. Amen. And um, me and my husband, we have established Look and Live Ministries, Oh, my God! And we must have established it back in around nineteen ninety four as we traveled right. around with Dr. Morris Silillo and we traveled the world with his ministry team and being part of his crusade team and So we did that, and we've established it. We've just been around the country preaching ministry. My husband is a musician and Thomas and all that and I sing I too with it, but basically now you know you know how it and um God tends to switch things around and give you different areas of ministry that you work in so now we're basically preaching and doing to the marketplace and you know we're in church but you know we're trying to reach outside of the church you know and minister to people that normally wouldn't walk inside the doors of a church and stuff so that's how God has been um, positioning us in that way and it's just a blessing to be able to get on this podcast with you because for me, ministering to women, I've had many conferences talking to women and, you know, sharing my stories and just the experiences with God and how he's done so many things and uh, worked through my life and just just a whole host of situations and just testimonies of what God has done. but. On top of it all, the faithfulness of God through it all, because as you know, we all go through situations and trials and all types of things, but it's good to know that our God is faithful, and he brings us through, and you know, we can come out on top, and you know, we can come out on top, even though society or Satan tries to paint a different picture, but I know that we can come out on top, and so... I'm excited to be able to share the ministry with you all this morning, and uh, this topic of husband is a really good topic for me because I think I, I think I know a little bit of something. I've been married for 37 <laughs> years now, so.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think am yeah. a qualified.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yes, ma'am, and I was just about to, you know, ask you to tell everyone how long you've been married. So that 37-year mark has faced you, and we've been really really blessed because the last couple we had, the Stokes, they were married for 36 years, and we've really been blessed to have the best of the best on It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. God always sends us the very best. And, you know, I was doing some little research last night And there are, like, some angles, this this topic I want to uh, uh, address this topic from, and I can't wait to hear your responses. So I was like, okay, I have two half hours, so I'm going to split this up, (laughs) give you a chance to minister on two sides of the fence this morning. But Uh, I'm going to give the blurb, and you fill in the blank of what you chose, praying for my husband's finances. Oh, yes. Now, for all of you who don't know, I just give the blurb. I give the ladies a list of about 30 different topics, and they get to choose what they feel they can identify with the closest. So, why did you choose, don't tell too much, because I want you to give everything in our little breakdown. (laughs) Why did you choose finance? Well, I think I chose that because that is the area that we have been, Satan has come against us the strongest in our finances. And, you know, statistically, with marriages, that's one of the top uh, ones where marriages get in trouble, sometimes they wind up divorcing, is about finances. And so we have seen our share of things happening to us in our finances, and that is such a strong thing for me because I'm always interceding, you know, on behalf of my own husband as well as praying for other people for their finances with their marriages as well. So that topic, when I saw the finances, that dropped, it jumped out and just grabbed me real quick so I'm like, oh, okay, I would say, oh, I hope nobody else takes this one because I really want that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were able to grab it. You were able to grab it. And yes. And you, like you said, you know, when you do read, they say that marriages break up for the most part a lot of times because of financial struggles, and you just can't endure it. So. You know, giving God thanks that after 37 years and with whatever amount of challenges, you've weathered the storm. And the only way we can do that is with God. So, you know, this is going to be a wonderful testament as to who God is. So... Here's what I came across yesterday. The first thing I came across, and I was like, oh, I've got, got to do this. I've got to talk about it like this because, I, like you said, you know, we're talking about trying to minister and help save marriages. And one of the things, you know, the ladies always says, they always say to me, Minister Michelle, they say, you're always talking about the men, but you always get on us. And I said, because y'all are always jacking it up. You're supposed yeah. to be helpful. And y'all always, with your attitudes and, you know, rolling your neck and rolling your eyes and sucking your teeth and
0: yeah. up them the mouth,
1: y'all always mess it up because you don't do it the right way. And I know it's a challenge. I know it's a challenge. You know, last week we talked about praying for my husband's mind, and that's a challenge. You know, so if you already know you got to pray for his mind, then you got to stay prayerful. And most times, more attitude comes out than prayer. And I said, when I came across this this listing here, I was like, oh, no, no. She said they've had financial challenges, so I know, you know, Minister Michelle will definitely be able to tackle this. So I saw a list, they say, of Mm -hmm. killer money issues within the Mm -hmm. marriage. Okay. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this one. And one of the <laughs> things that they talk about or this list is mines, yours, and ours. Oh, and we always talk about that Ooh. bank account. So does that bank account, do you have the bank account where you have yours, I have mine, and then we have ours, or we even share the bank account? And what, what they say that this is a marriage killer, why? Why do you think this comes up on this list? Minds yours and ours. Wow. Well, I, <laughs> and I've heard this too. Now, okay, so you got to remember, I've been married for 37 years. So, of course, you know, you, you, you take the word as your basis. And then, of course, you have to evolve. So when my husband and I first got married, We had one bank account. And I'm going to be very transparent with you. Please. My husband used to make less money than I did at the time that we got married. Okay. So my position at that time, so we got married in 1985. So he was making less money. I made the most of the money. But my whole position was just put all the money together so he wouldn't feel inferior or feel like oh i'm not bringing much to the table as she is and then start some type of a complex so i always felt to put all the money in one bank account and we use it accordingly for the you know for the housing things the bills and for our personal things and it was just ours it wasn't his it wasn't mine but it was just ours and we put it in the pot that way and we lived like that for a long time even when switched around and he began to make more money and i wasn't making this i was the one that wasn't making this the same as him you know the lord reversed the role and he was bringing in more of the money and then eventually the lord allowed me to go off my job and we kind of went into full-time ministry and we kept it that way for a long time where it was just him and just us in one bank account but now as we get into the got later or older you know, we started opening up several bank accounts, so we have our main bank account. He has his. I have mine. But we always put in, everybody is putting into the main bank account, paying the main bills. But we still have our own separate account. But, you know, it's not like, okay, you if you need money, I'm not giving you out of my bank account. You better find the best way you can. It's none <laughs> of that. It's just the point of... Um, if he wants to do something special for me or what have you, I'm not all in the business seeing what he's doing. He can do it and surprise me and vice versa. So we've evolved and to be able to do that. But even with that, the, we're still one. And so you don't want it to become one of these contentious, combative things. And we've had that, trust me, reason had our share of getting combative with each other sometimes about finances. But when you really hone in and you recognize the fact, listen, the Lord God Almighty is helping us to have increase. He's the one that's causing the increase. So why in God's name are we going to keep fighting and arguing over something that God is blessing us with? It could be that we don't even have a bank account, that have nothing in it. Right? So why right? are we going to keep getting into these petty things of that's mine no this is mine no no." you know you have to really begin to mature in that area and recognize that yes god and you know god is not opposed to the wife having her account and the husband having his account and they have one main account god is not opposed to any of that but the attitude behind it is what we have to watch when we're dealing in this area because you know satan is lurking about Seeing what door you're opening, and when you start getting contentious, because we've been there about money, you'll see how Satan moves it against you, and starts having you bickering and arguing and fighting, for what? You know, at the end of the day, you really stripped down for what? Because you really work together. We're supposed to be helpers. Yeah, we're supposed to be a helper to our husbands. We're supposed to be working side by side, not in front of him, not behind him, but side by side. Remember, we came out of the side. You know, we didn't come from somewhere uh, behind, you know, we came out of Adam's side, his ribs. So, you know, we're we're equal partners. And when you look at it as equal partners, that we're striving to get someplace, you can let down some of the um, ways of the world. Now, I'm not saying that Women are supposed to be so subservient and so, oh, I can't say anything. I can't contribute. I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is that we have to recognize that we're working together for one common goal. And, you know, when we do that, you know, the Lord can bless us because we're not in strife. You know, we're not looking at each other side eye. You know, and it it works when we're working together. You know, there's power in agreement. And, I, you know, me and my husband, we're still learning that, how to work together because we find that when we're working together, no matter what we face, especially financial challenges, when we come together and we're in prayer and we're in agreement and we're speaking to the situations, we see how God moves for us with our finances. We've seen it over and over again. So I would always caution women, To really understand that your role is to be there by his side, helping him as much as as you can, staying prayerful, understanding your position, understanding who God has made you. um, And you will see that a lot of times a lot of attention will go by. And, yes, I know we can get into our ways, rolling of the head and rolling of the neck and getting (laughs) that the trap. (laughs) <laughs> oh been, yeah, my goodness! So I'm, been, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you gave the breakdown, and thank you that you know it's it's nothing wrong with having the the, the you have yours to operate out of freely, you have yours yeah. to operate out of free, freely, and then we have that merged account. The other thing that comes up on this 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 financial killer, this marriage killer list, debt debt. Oh, they, yes. Debt will rip a marriage apart. What do you yes. know about that? What do you know about that one, oh, yes. Mr Michelle? Yes, 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 yes. Now sometimes, you know, we get in debt because of our own stupidity. Sometimes we go, you know, <laughs> over buying, over shopping. You know, uh and you know, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but sometimes when we're in the church trying to keep up with the Joneses and how they're looking and living and we start going out buying stuff and trying to, you know, impress and knowing that we're living somewhat beyond our means and then, you know, you look up, you end all this debt so you've caused it. Then there's sometimes where it's just life where jobs get um you lose jobs and um the money, the finances get funny and those the income is switched and the jets are piling up, and it seems like the finances are getting lower and lower. So, you know, debt will come in different areas. It begins to come and settle in. But what I have seen for us is that there was a time when I would get so overwhelmed. Oh, my God, we got this building. Oh, my God, I can't take it. Oh, my God. We, you know, and I would just get panicked. <laughs> and my husband would be like, babe, listen, we got to walk by faith. You know, we got to understand that God's got us, and you know. And there was a time in my immaturity, I was like, man, I don't want to have no faith. Just tell me how we <laughs> <pick the place. laughs> <laughs> to get faith. Just i really do whatever, you know. And, you know, and because we've been in ministry for so long. You know, ministry sucks. I always, I used to say, you know, it's feast of famine sometimes, you know, because, uh, when you're in ministry, you know you're doing dates, and sometimes the dates don't come and or they cancel you out or whatever <laughs> they promise you that they're going to um do this for you, and then when you get there, it's nowhere like they said so you know you, you in ministry you can get in pretty quickly and not of your own accord, but just because sometimes people don't step up, but the thing is what I learned and what my husband taught me because he was. We always call him the faith man. He gonna stand no matter what. And I used to oh, be like, man, yeah. I'm practical. I, I, I'm, I'm the practical one. Nope, nope, no. Nope. I'm just, just tell me how we gonna get this. But <laughs> <laughs> and we would, now that's what we would get into so many contentious situations with me and my non-faith. Wow. But over time, you know, the Lord began to show me, and that comes sometimes because when we don't recognize that it's not about us but it's, what, uh, it's about God and that he's our source. We can't look to man about our sources. we got to look to God about that. And when we understand it, then we can start tackling about the debt because then you're understanding, okay, Lord, we got this debt. However, man is not the solution. I don't care if i got ten jobs. He is not the right, solution because if all the right. jobs dry up, then what am I going to do? i got to still right. remember that God is my source. You know, and he's the author and the finisher of my faith. So when I began to look at it from that perspective, I began to understand, okay, so now, Lord, show me, show us, give us wisdom how to get out of these things. Or, you know, just different ways of praying, Lord, listen, I recognize that it's not about me, but it's about what you have promised and what you said in your word that you would do for us. So we're going to trust you. We're going to rest in you. And as you begin to rest in God and begin to understand that he's going to take care of you, you will begin to let down your guards and fear. Because at the end of the day, it's all about fear. And you know fear attracts every negative thing that there could be. And when people get in fear of the death that they're facing, well, it brings on a whole lot of stuff. That's where stress and aggravation and frustration comes. And that's when you start getting into arguments with your spouse and your children, whoever else, but you always got to remember your position in God. And when God says that he will take care of you, he will definitely take care of you. And when you can stand on that, no matter what you're facing, you will see God bring you out. I tell you, I'm going to give a quick testimony of what happened to us. We were, you know, we had promised a minister that we would come and live in another state and help them with their church. They were having some issues. So they said, listen, I'm going to bring you out to live in California, keep your apartment in New York because it was supposed to be like six months to a year, and just can you just help us out. So we like, okay, fine, we'll come out and help you. We get out there. Everything was like, okay, on paper it was looking excellent. The salary, all that they promised to do, so forth so on. We get there. The whole thing changes. It's like they wow. got amnesia about everything that they said wow. they were going to do. So now we're 3,000 miles away. No family. It's just us out there in Cali all by ourselves, fending wow. for ourselves. Wow. Long story short, now, somebody said, she said, keep your place in New York. And one of the parts of the deal was, I will cover your rent for your apartment in New York so that you all don't have to worry about that while you're here ministering and being with us in California because, again, it was supposed to be a temporary situation. So when we right went there, that whole thing changed. She decided that that was not what she was going to do. She changed what Kevin's salary was going to be, what was the whole nine. So, as I had wow. said earlier, how people, you get in situations and then what people do to you or the lack of what people do can cause right. that debt. Well, the debt started piling up. Now, was it of our volition? No, but it came anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, no. right, right. Because right. we could not, exactly, because we couldn't fulfill our obligation because she didn't fulfill her obligation to us. So right. we ended up, and if you know New York, you know, you, you get in a situation, you can't make your rent two, three, four months, they're going to start eviction procedures. And meanwhile, this is going on. We're back and forth with her, like, come on, when are you going to take care of what you said? She's giving us a hard time. So we ended up um, making a deal with the landlord. But then we couldn't even keep that deal because she was not forthcoming the way she was. And we ended up getting evicted. Oh. And this is an apartment that we had, God had blessed us with. We knew how he, the story oh. of how he even got the place was a miracle. And wow. we're like, okay, we were getting ready to go someplace, and minister, and um, we got the word that they had came in the apartment and moved out all our furniture, oh, except for one goodness. thing: they had a baby grand in the, a baby grand in the apartment, but they couldn't move it out. So okay, so I'm like, okay, now we had given them some money, but we had was at the last payment, and we get. Did give them the last payment, but they decided the, the building decided this is a good way to move in, so they pretended as if they didn't get the last payment. But it was all because it started because the pastor she did what she did, and then we couldn't do what We do long story so short. We go, I have to go to court, and I'm like, "When well, that we got the word that our stuff had been evicted," knowing the love of God, and and I didn't know it the way I do now, but even still back then. I said, well, you know what, they're going to put us back in our apartment. I don't care what they tried, but they're putting us back in, and me and my husband got an agreement about it. And so I went to court, and I remember saying to the lady, listen, what um, papers do I need to fill out when you've, you've gotten eviction? They've moved your stuff out, and here goes the um, clerk. Oh, honey, well, you might as well just go and find you another apartment because – that's over for you. Now, you know, see, this is the stuff that we contend with, but you know, but when we know our position with God's children and that he promised that he would never leave us nor forsake us and he promised that he would bring us out. So you got to tap into that versus tapping into what people are saying and sometimes what the enemy is using to say. So I said to her, she said, oh, no, no, it's over for you. So I said, miss, with all due respect, I didn't ask you for your commentary. I just asked yeah. you some. What form do I fill out? Because you know I was getting indignant. I'm not gonna lie. I was getting indignant. I was I already that was in his position. Right. Now I'm getting indignant because he's telling me all this nonsense. So she says, "Well, here, here's the paper. I don't know what good it's gonna do." I said, "Please." Hmm. So I fill out the paperwork, go upstairs to the court, and I'm praying. My husband is. Uh, and, matter of fact, I had to do this by myself because he had to stay and minister someplace. So I'm here up there, and I'm wow. praying, and we had already been praying, and the power of agreement. Um, and that's why I say, as a husband and a wife team, with a the dynamic duo when you tap into that, you know, because right. God has given us that power. So I go see the court, and I'm saying, you know, I give her the paperwork. Immediately the clerk says to me, come explain this to me if she, I had written it down. She said, let me hear what you, explain it to me. So I explained the whole situation. So she said, so they basically threw you out, but you had paid up most of it. And your last payment, they, you think they received it, but they probably held it back pretending as if they didn't receive it. But at the end of the day, you had paid the bulk of the rent up. I said, yes. So she takes it to the church. I said, the only thing they can't take is my baby grand piano out there apartment because they didn't have the equipment that they saw still stuck it in there. So she went to the judge. She told the judge everything. He said, call the sheriff right now. And he said, you tell them do not go back into that apartment. Wow. And take nothing else out of there. At wow. the end of it all, they had to go back and forth. But when I tell you the building was angry, the judge, when we finally the building came and they had to represent themselves, they tried to tell them all the way. At the end of the day, the judge said, this is all I'm saying. Put their stuff back into that apartment. They will not be evicted. You were wrong, and if you keep giving me a hard time, I'm going to have you pay interest on what you've already done to them. So I suggest that you just take it, go call the movers, and move them back into that apartment. (laughs) So We ended up being put back into the apartment. Now you know most of the you, girl. Once you're evicted, they got your stuff out. You're not going back. Which is what the lady had said was true, but I didn't want to hear what she had to say
0: because i moving and
1: flowing, and <laughs> the Holy Ghost. You know what I'm trying to say? So, yes, I yes. Anybody oh, no, no. trying to hear that? No. So, but the thing when I but at, what but the Lord showed me, listen, I can take care of you better Amen. than anybody else. I know Amen. how to Amen. put you before Amen. the right people at the right time, you mm. know, and so that was, uh, after that, learning that particular lesson, and, and I would say to the Lord, you know that we didn't get in this debt because we wanted to. Right, you know, right, we, and, right. But but I said so, you know, but even at that, even if you do make the mistake and kind of run up bills because you you got careless, whatever. God is so loving and so forgiving that even when you go to him and say, okay, Lord, show me the way out, he's going to be faithful to show you the way out. But it's just important right. that, you know, and then we, next time, you know, let me be a little bit mindful. So, you know, the next time we did anything with the pastor, we're trying to be a little bit more mindful how we right. do things so that we, right. well, you know, you, you're going to learn a lesson. You know what I'm saying? Right. But debt yes, will yes. come. But, you know, right. at the end of the day, it's how you're approaching the debt. Are you approaching it from a point of, oh, my God, man, looking at your husband, oh, my God, you're worthless, you know. Please, what am I looking right. for? You know, are we approaching it from that point of view? <laughs> are we approaching it from, um, well, you know, babe, listen, I'm with you. I'll stand with you. We're going to stand together. And with this, God's going to give us the wisdom and the know-how to be able to come up with a plan, to get out of the debt, to do whatever's necessary. You're going to make a way. And I, I guarantee you, when you switch that attitude and that position of how you're thinking, you will see results. You will definitely see results. Maybe it won't come overnight, but you will see in time it's coming down. God is moving it. Take, doors are opening. Unexpected things are happening that come and help you pay your debt. Well, you know, we've had people come to us and say, listen, the Lord spoke to us and said, I want to bless you. And we're like, okay, praise God. And we opened up a check, $5,000. Wow, wow, wow. And at wow. that moment in time, that was what we were needing. You know what I'm saying? So, you wow. know, God has amen. There's ways to, to get you out of debt, but it's the point of as a wife <clears throat> with your husband, tight. And you have to stand strong, and you have to be together as one. You know, as they say, one band, one sound. That's the same right. thing with right. your husband. And that's right. what I'm saying, wow. when you're getting into this, Pray. That's why it's so important to pray for your husband about those finances because, you know, the pressure that they get under is deep. Right. You know, now sometimes right. you have some husbands that can be knuckleheads and they doing stuff that, you know, paying and buying stuff that they shouldn't. But somehow if you can stay in a space of love and stay in a space and say, Lord, help me to be able to talk to him about such and such so that we can be on the same page and we can get out of this with the Lord's help. It will work. You know, look, I'm not going to say that it's going to be overnight with sometimes how you are because if you're a strong woman like I am, it takes a minute. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait, 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 Minister Michelle. If you're a strong woman like I am, it takes a minute. So we don't even want to talk about you women who are all twisted and there's no strength and every little five minutes you leaving the marriage you 're divorcing oh, yeah. you 're separated. This is coming from a strong ha, this is coming from a strong woman and it, it yeah. like you said, it gets to be very challenging i don 't want you to go too far because I want you to come back to that in a minute. Okay. I want to talk about this other that some testimony and and I want to thank you for sharing that because again. As we always know, somebody needed to hear that story this morning, and giving God thanks that you were able to share that. Because I want to come back and and bring something that's really crucial up about praying okay. um, for your husband. So we're coming back to that. But another okay. thing that's on this list of, of of marriage killer, financial marriage killers, power play, power mm. playing. Ooh, mm. can we talk about that for a little bit? Ooh yeah, <laughs> Ooh. yes. Well, you know, okay. This is what that when you said that made me laugh because, as I say, you know, when you're a strong woman, okay, when you're strong, I was brought up. Me and my sister, we were brought up by a strong mother, strong grandmother, right? That brought us up with being independent. You know, you do your thing. Make sure you, you know, you on it. You can take care of yourself. You don't really need no man to do this, da, 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 da. So we were brought up that way. And a lot of women were brought up that And it's a good way to come up because you don't, like you said, you don't want to be no weak person that you can't survive without a man, you can't survive by yourself. You don't want that way. You want to be able to be self-sufficient because, you know, nowadays women are single a lot longer because the, the man pool is a weak. So, you know, you have to develop that ability to take care of yourself. But the danger sometimes that when when you're very, very strong and independent is when you do get married, um, it it becomes a power struggle because you're saying, well, look, I'm bringing $80,000 to the table. What are you bringing? And if you're not careful... That you, you can, that dynamic switches and, and you feel like, well, I'm the one doing all this so I can say this, do this, da, da 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 and that you start getting into those power play situation with your husband, which is not right because at the end of the day, he is still the man of the house and you should respect him as such, just like he should respect you as the woman of the house. And You cannot build anything in that type of a situation. And what women have to sometimes understand is, okay, I may make more than him, but what is he providing in addition to just the the money aspect? You know, he's providing protection. He's providing, at the top, love. Um, I would hope so anyway, unless you marry the wrong person. That's a whole other topic. But, um, you know, so (laughs) love, understanding, compassion, all these things, and he's providing you security. Security is, yes, it's about money, but it's also about you feeling safe in your environment. I can come home. I can relax. I can sit back, throw my feet up. I don't have to worry about somebody coming in, busting me upside the head or something. You know, he's providing, he should be providing this type of atmosphere. So it shouldn't be a power play in in that dynamic. It should be, okay, okay, let's sit down and let's see what what you're good at, what I'm good at. Now, my husband will tell you, I'm not that great with bills, so I relinquish that to my wife. I let her do it because that's her thing. And with me, numbers and stuff, that's always been one of my things. So he really pushes that to me. Now, with other different things, like, you know, as far as upkeep of the house and different things of that nature, you know, I've done that, but then we've shared it. You know, um, children, we've been there with our daughter, you know. So then you begin to look at everybody's strengths in the house, you and y'all's strengths, and you see, okay, he's more strong than this, so let's let him take the lead in that. My wife is a little strong, so let her take lead. And if you do that, and you equally agree with that, I don't think yes, you you always gonna have some conflict because we're humans. But I think the chances of you having those power plays and power struggles will be lessened because nobody is stepping over into somebody else's zone because they and just because oh well you know a husband well you know just because I'm the husband. He feels like, well, I can dictate and tell you everything. No, honey, you don't. If you don't really understand that area, release that to your wife, you know. And then with the wife, well, you know, she can't be, well, you know, I'm making all this money, so you don't tell me nothing. That has to go right out the window. You know, because that's not what God wants it to be. He He wants us to be unified together so that we can make the right and proper decisions going forward for everything that we face in life. And it's just you know, we're not running a corporation here. That you know, you got the power plays. You know, right. if you're running a Fortune 500 company, and you got to do all this stuff. No, this is your marriage. This is um, the sanctity of where you live. I mean, it's it's your precious place. That this is when you come into your home. This is where the world is shut out. And if I can't right. get right. nowhere else. I can get it in my home with my husband. I can tell my husband and my wife, babe, I had a terrible day. Oh, my God. And, you know, and so you want to keep that for your home, and that's all of us. You know, we're all striving. I don't care. We've been married 37 30 years, and we still have to keep reminding ourselves of that. You know, we want to keep the outside world out. And power plays and power struggles, that's the world's way. we got to keep all of that stuff out. From going on right. in your marriage, and, and it's it's work. No, it's as much about it because it's worked. But I know that we you're, you're capable of doing it. But we oh listen, everybody has to humble down and kind of take a little back seat to our egos and our pride and say, okay, let me step back and let's examine this and let's do what's the best thing for our household. Everybody's household is different. And right husband is different. And right wife is different. So you have to fine-tune it the way God is leading you to fine-tune it. And I I know he's going to bless that because, listen, the, the Lord wants to see us prospering. He wants to see us in unity and harmony. He, you know, he never even planned for divorce, you know, from the get-go. So he uh, does not want to see all of this happening because we're getting in our flesh and getting off and sometimes allowing the world's way to seep in. To our mind, you know, you see it all over the place, different things, and you know, slowly it creeps into your mind and the way you think. And next thing you know, you're acting crazy and acting out. So power right, play right, definitely right. should not be in the mix. No. Mm-mm. All right. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that. Okay. <laughs> Got a couple more before we we get to okay. the other part that I want to come back to. Extended family, Minister Michelle. You know, sometimes the outside people are always in your pocket, and sometimes, and, and I'm sure you're, in, you know, as, as pastors and ministers, you've heard the horror stories of, you know, the outside people always in a marriage money, and sometimes one of those two don't know how to say no, one of the two, uh, 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 they're a little soft, you know, it's mama, or it's, excuse me, you know, my brother or my sister, and they fell out hard times. And now your marriage money is all jacked up because the outside, you know, the extended family is always in the bank account. Right, 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 right. Well, that's some, thank God I didn't have that too much happening. But this is the thing. Um, I remember when we got, first got married, we yeah, had about two, three years in the very, and a profit came to us once. And she said, listen, don't allow anyone to get in between your marriage. You all stay close and stay as one and don't allow people to get in your marriage. Now, at the time that she said it, I was like, okay, yes, amen. And I'm going to tell you, to be honest, I thought she thought, like, I thought she meant, um, like, don't let another woman or another man right? Right. Get into marriage. You know, because, you know, you think that right away when they say that. But right. that, you know, as time rocked on. I began to to understand, rather, what she meant by that. Yeah, that's part of it. But the main thing that she was talking about was people in general. (laughs) Right. Be it family, be it church folk, it don't matter. Just don't let them get in between you and your marriage. And so when the two of you get married, as I said earlier, you're one. But what happens, you know, people with their opinions, with what they think you should do and what you shouldn't do, they start poop, poop, poop. Then sometimes they come at you, like you say, for monies and different things like that. So what me and my husband and have tried to do, we try to discuss, okay, if someone comes and says, well, you know, I need $100, I need $300, we try to discuss it and say, okay, we know this person, blah, 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 blah. Should we or do we even have it to do at this time? And we try to discuss it, you know, without prejudice, I should say, and right. come to a decision. Now, sometimes we, we're we on the same page immediately, like, oh, no, we can't do that. <laughs> then there's other times that it's a, a split <laughs> one where it's like, I'm saying no. My husband, my husband said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, then we have had to talk it through, you know, he had to convince me, like, okay, babe, no. You're being a little harsh, da, Or even I, I would say to him, babe, I think they're trying to take advantage of you. So, you know, but the thing is, we've had to talk it through. And so, fortunately, we haven't had that happen too many times. But mm-hmm. when it has happened, we just would take, talk it through. And that's what I feel any married couple should do. Because when you go off like a lone ranger and you decide, okay, I'm just going to. You know, because some people say, "Well, you know, that's my mom, and I gotta help her." I, I agree. You do have to help your mother, but your spouse needs to be included. You don't want to be going behind their backs,
0: right. And then when money is right.
1: missing and things of that nature, you are looking at, well, why did you do that? You know, be open and honest. And you and and I feel like anybody, your husband, unless sometimes or well, your wife, they have a bad thing with your their in law. I believe most times when the crisis comes with your mothers and stuff that they would be willing to pitch in and step in and say, okay, let's bless her or let's help her this month or whatever. Right. But the whole key to that is, even at that, don't run it in the ground. You know, <laughs> you know? right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, every month, every two weeks, oh, I gotta give my mother three hundred dollars. I gotta give my father five hundred dollars. That that's just not going to work. So you have to have wisdom, everything we have to have wisdom and discretion and ask God to show us and help us how to make those decisions. You know, when you put God first, and people laugh at this because sometimes they think that, you know, because we don't see God sometimes as Father. But when you put him first and you say, well, you know, Lord, I just need to have understanding and wisdom about how to do this, he will give that to you. And the, the chances are for conflict, and everything going crazy it gets less and less because he's leading you and he's guiding you because remember right. he knows all things. You know, right. so listen, right. he may know Sister So and so's motive, no, ain't no May. He does know sister so and so's motives in her heart. So when you come to him and say, Well, sister so and so came and said she needs fifteen hundred dollars and I'm planning well, what we should do. He will speak to say, No, absolutely not because he may notice she's trying to get over or whatever, whatever. Or right. he may say, "Yes, you have it, release it." Because yes, we're a blessed to be a blessing. You know, you don't want to be selfish right, right, and holding. Right. But by the same token, you don't want anything to interfere you with your marriage. That it becomes contentious and ugly, and strife sets in because you're off. Well, I'm saving the world, and your wife <laughs> is saying, "Yeah, she's trying to save the world," and I'm suffering over here. Our kids don't have this. You trying to pay for sisters all of those kids' too, and we ain't got no shoes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. That's so off-kilter. So, you know what I'm yes. With those type of things, yes. you have to sit down, but you have to take it before the Lord and ask him what we need to do, especially if it's like a ongoing situation where the person's all the time coming to you. You got to know, well, sit up, babe, okay, it's time to cut them off. And you do it together, period, in the story. Right, and I think right, we right, all learn how that. to do that. Right. Yeah, you know, but they of course. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Makes yeah. so every sense. I sense. I, I, I agree with um, what you say in, in reference to how, you know, you have to be very careful how we approach all things. You know, it's like we just don't... We have to be careful that when we're married, we don't live as singles, you know, because right. your mentality right. is still like a single person. You know, you have to remember, okay, we are still a unit. We are still one together, and I have to consider his feelings and he considered my feelings. And trust me, with 37 years down the thing, we've had a lot of times when we did not consider each other's feelings. You know, we was got off into our own selfish mode. And, you know, we pay low prices for that, you know, because you know, then you're right. like, oh, Lord, we should have got into that. That's, that ain't got us all off. But the beautiful thing is that you can come back to the Father, and he's right, right. there to say, okay, let me put you back on track again. You know, right, all the time right,
0: off, right. And that's right. the
1: mentality that we have to have the same, like when God does us, we have to be the same way with our spouses. All of right. lost, babe. okay, let's get back on track. With anything right. that we face right. and with finances especially. Right. All right. One more area that even like you said, I love this because you you're, you're not just because you know you've been through enough that even if you you know don't have a huge testimony, you you offer you offered enough that was real sound, and a lot of people need to hear that. So here's the last one before I go backwards a little bit and we we wrap it up. Children. Children. You know, sometimes they say that financial killer are the children. And we have seen a million times, Minister Michelle, how if you don't get a whole – Children can, I don't understand how y'all pay for the kids and then the kids tear up your marriage. That never made sense to me. That somebody on one side of that fence is so twisted with the kids that nobody has control. Nobody knows what to say. So now we're talking about the financial side of having children. Now, this can be pretty broad because it could be where, you know, some people yeah. say, Minister Michelle, well, you know what, we're praying for the right time to have the children. And you have other people that say, listen, you can continue to pray all you want to. It ain't going to matter because you ain't never going to have enough money for the kids, so you just going to have to trust God.
0: <laughs> then you have right.
1: to, then you have those who, you know, do pray, do, you know, do their due diligence, and then you have this, um, now now you got the kid in everything. So you got sporting equipment, dance recitals, piano lessons. Now y'all oh, going no broke. Because you trying yeah. to, t- what happens, Minister Michelle, when you been pay for the kids and now you ain't got no marriage because the kids didn't mess up, because y'all to messed up everything for the kids? What happens? Right, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, and that's a slippery slope with children because of course we have our precious babies. You know, they're <laughs> such angels, you know. And um <laughs> you wanna oh see your, Okay, this is the thing. You want to see your children have the best that they can have, right? Especially, you know, when you've grown up a particular way. And this is a trap that I think a lot of parents yep. Yeah, which this is why the get yep. crazy with the kids. Yeah, I didn't have this so I'm gonna make yep. sure my child has it. I have been in I have been in that same story on that same uh, boat taking that trip. Okay, me and my husband both, you know, in the way we parent, the way we bought my daughter things, and even uh, my husband's son when but uh, he's he's way grown, but when we were first married, um He came to live with us um, about a year in or two years in of us being married. He came to live with us part of the time, so even with him. So, you know, we have had that particular situation, and uh, I'm not going to lie, sometimes we passed that test with um, agreeing about, okay, what we're going to spend, and then sometimes we didn't pass that particular test, and uh, we just went crazy and buck wild. On our, Especially our daughters, being that our son is older, he's been out there for a long, long time. But with our daughter, she just turned 25. But now, we've had the last past 25 years, oh, going through the different challenges about that. But, you know, after a while, we had to come to a conclusion and to teach well, that, listen, mommy and daddy, we don't have it now. But you've been blessed so much that you can wait. And we've had to come Amen. to that conclusion because then you start feeling guilty. You know, like, oh, you know, but we had to teach our daughter. Now, that wasn't such a good lesson. Uh, let me say it like this. That was a little hard lesson for her because she spoiled. So, and that was part okay. of our doing. You know what I'm saying? So we okay, had to take, right, 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 and, uh, right, right. Take ownership of that. But eventually she she's gotten there. She got there and she began to understand, okay, I may not get it this time, but the next time around. But then I would have to show her, baby, but look what you have look at some right. of your peers, they right. wish they had this. So you got right. right. to be grateful all in this crazy mode because nobody wants to be fighting with your spouse over what you're spending on the kids and all right. that type of thing. So, you are know, we had to come to that type of uh, understanding, too, about, you know, what we do and stuff like that. Now,
0: my husband,
1: he is a, let me tell you. Okay, what is it called? Oh, it's in off. Okay, okay, okay. Now me, I'll be like, man, let's get that for half of that. So you know, <laughs> you know, and so have that, you know. But he's very, he's extremely generous. I'm generous too, but then I start counting the pennies and the and I'll be like, nah, 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 because two weeks from now we gotta do this. So you know, he would go right, go back with that. However, um. We have to be careful with that with the children because we do want to see our children blessed. We do want to see them live a better life than what we had. But then you have to be careful that you don't ruin them that way because right, um, right, they don't they they they're not grateful for things because you're just throwing it at them and it's, it becomes too much. It's too much right. stuff that you're throwing at them, and you're sinking further and further and that, And that is not the, the thing to do at all. But you know. Again, conversation. you got to have right. a conversation about it. And also, which we didn't do, but now, you know, each year and decade, you're learning something more and more, you know, illumination is coming. Right. Like back in the day, you know, you didn't have people where they were sitting down counseling and saying you're going through marriage counseling, you're asking questions and just seeing what people's ways of thinking are. You That wasn't back in the day when we got married. Now you have people that, we you go to counselors, they'll say, well, what's your goals with your children? What's your parents right. now? What all these right. things are provoking you with questions that will give you time to think about it and make you make a better and more informed decision. And plus the right. fact, those of us that know the Lord... We're understanding, too, okay, Lord, we need to come to you. With a, and, you know, we have a plan, but now show us how to perfect this plan. You know, our right. kids uh, looking at the word of God and saying, okay, let's match up as best as possible how to do our children so that it does not become a burden. It doesn't become like, Lord, we're working for the kids because we can't right. do anything oh, else. Right. It has to be a balance. But then, you know, we have to look at it in priority, too, because I understand this, but the priority in our household is God, our marriage, our child. Right. Now, some people are God, their children, and then their marriage. Right, right. That, to me, is out of sorts. Right. Because if I I don't have God, number one, if we don't have God first, that's the first problem. And then, too, right. if we don't allow God to work on our marriage, there will be nothing for the child to have. Right. She won't have no parents. She won't have a That's good That's right. Life because our That's marriage right. is
0: all jacked up,
1: and she will be the one that gets the bad end of the stick because now we're right. apart. So if we Absolutely. work on the Absolutely. marriage and then the child, well, she's going to get healthy, good Parents that can keep her safe, keep her with right. him, and the right. children can prosper. You know, and right. so, you know when a marriage is right, and you're making decisions, you're learning how to teach your children. It's not all about the the um, the the finances in the sense of every time you turn around, I gotta have this speaker, I gotta have that. You know, right. you're keeping right. your children right. balance. You know, listen, right. I love, look, I love clothes, I love shopping, I love all of that, but you have to teach your children as well, you, yourself, firstly, how to have balance. Listen, I may right. want something, a new dress, but if my light bill is due, what's more important? Being in right. the light, having right. the lights on, or being in that new dress and being in the dark? You know, and with
0: right. That's right. You can't see the dress.
1: That, <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? And when you're practicing that with your marriage, because God is showing you right. priorities and things of that nature, and your children see you operate in that, they right. to become less and less of that selfish streak of well, "I gotta right. have." I've watched. It with, I've watched it with our daughter. You know, as when she was younger, it would be all about well. How and then as she's gotten older and seen how we sometimes prioritize things and go right. out because. We need to do this down there. I'm going to him and say, well, no, we're not going to do that because I got to pay the car note or something like that. Maybe right. she, she's learned. Well, yeah, I'm right. her come back and say, okay, mommy, don't worry about getting that for me now. I'll wait. You know, but they have to right. see that right. from you. But the, Absolutely. That, that whole mentality right. of the, the putting the children before the marriage is like putting the cart before the horse. Absolutely. If we don't have a healthy marriage, we're not going to have healthy That's children. Right. And this is why. You have so many children today, they're products of divorce marriages. Uncle oh, right, My mom and right. dad divorced years ago. And
0: they're right. walking around.
1: And, you know, they, they feel in a particular way. They're not feeling as good as they should could feel because their parents broke up. You know, all kids want to see their mothers and fathers yeah, together. Nobody wants to right. see that. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so right. this is why we have to watch how we do things. You know, there is an order. That God has ordained, and but you know the point is sometimes we don't seek to find that order or see, okay, well Lord, how you want us to do this whole thing. And then, then right. when kids get into stuff and get into things out here that they shouldn't get into, you know, when your household is a disarray between you and your husband, when you gonna pray for your child
0: to Absolutely. be out of the situation? Absolutely,
1: plan. you're all out of sorts and you can't even come together for anything because. Right. You're, you're so messy with your own stuff. So, you know, that's why right. it's so important that the marriage, the husband and wife really get on board with each other, but more importantly, get on board with the Lord God Almighty.
0: And, right. hey,
1: Lord, show us what to Amen. do and Amen. how Amen. to do. You
0: Amen. know, so that's why
1: I feel with parents. Don't let your children overrule you so much to the point that you're ruining your marriage. Maybe you need to step back and look at your priority. What's what's first in your house? Right. Is it the children? Is it God? Is it your spouses? Is it your ma- Absolutely. What's Because what's driving this train? Because if it's the wrong right. thing driving the train, you definitely gonna have a crash. After- <laughs> it Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, I look at, I listen. I listen to, you know, people who say, um, well, you know. The kids don't ask to be here, and I said, "Listen, I said the same thing you say. If here's here's where I also go, because I'm not going to repeat what you say, because I definitely agree. But I look at these kids; they didn't tore up your marriage, and now they didn't left, and you're left with the tore up marriage. They didn't got grown. They didn't date who they wanted right. to date. They didn't." They 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 they're living their life and they tap dancing all over life and you two st- now looking at one another trying to figure out how y'all gonna make this work and how do we get here? So you know you you have to prioritize God, the marriage, which is one another, and then the child. Because if not, then not only like you said, do you not set the example that God needs us to set for the children, but yet. That doesn't give them a good life either, because if they're as they're tap dancing all over the place, they're not making the proper decisions in their own life based on what they've yes. watched you do. So that you, that's how yes. you get to see these generational curses and how, you know, it just goes on and now the grandchildren are all twisted because grandmama and grandfather could not get it together. So, you know, we there's a lot of responsibility there when it comes to finances and children and teaching them how to plan and teaching them how to budget. And like you said, over the course of time, if you set that example, they'll be able to watch What you do and Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. live the proper way. Here's we're going to close out. um, Dang, an hour goes by so quickly. But oh my god, this is where I want us to close. We're talking about praying for your husband, and you have said over and over and over again, in every point, about praying. And and those expectations being met, praying and God answering your prayer. And here's what I I really need you to drive home for us as we close today, Minister Michelle. While Uh we're experiencing these things in our marriage, and last week we talked about praying for the husband's mind, and this week we're talking about praying for the husband's finances. If your life is not in order, I don't care what you pray for. It (laughs) ain't going to work. Now, Mm -hmm. Minister Michelle has been able to say, you know, tell us this morning, God has brought them through how many hurdles over the 37 years? And there is no way that God would have brought them through those hurdles. There's no way that um, uh, uh, she would have been praying for her husband, and God would have been walking her through that process if she was off living some reckless life that had nothing. To do with the Lord. It all has to come together, and I need you, Minister Michelle, to please drive that home. Our life has got to parallel what we're praying about and what we're praying for, and we don't need to do whatever we're doing to hinder our prayers from being answered. Encourage our ladies this morning, please. Yes. 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 Well, yes. First and foremost, we got to understand when. We accepted the Lord, and we took he He forgave us of all our sins He's made a way for us to live a life i'm not saying it's not going to be full of situations because the Bible says in this world, we shall have trials and tribulations that's understood, but he's given us the power and the anointing to be able to walk the right path and we have to really
0: resist
1: the devil and accepting the lies that he tells us because he'll still sit down and tell you everything that you aren't. He's the accuser of the brethren. So he'll always put up in your face what you're not, what you're not, what you're not. But we have to denounce that and recognize the power that lives on the inside of us which gives us the ability to walk the path that God has chosen us. To walk I'm not saying we're not going to be we're not perfect but we're maturing Every year, you should be maturing in the things of God, and you should be dropping things off. You know, it doesn't happen overnight, but you should be striving. Okay, this this year, okay, look at how God is doing for me because I'm yielding myself. This is the thing. Learning how to yield to the Father so that he can work inside of you and mature you so that you're not doing certain things that you know that you should not be doing. Once you... Um, have accepted also as a wife once you've accepted that covenant you and your husband are in covenant so now you're looking differently at your situation because i'm in covenant i'm in this blood covenant with my husband we are getting ready to experience some great things because nothing is supposed to get in between us so that even means myself that means my flesh that means my way of thinking but you've got to really Hone into that relationship with God the Father to help you to get into that intimacy with the Father so that he can show you yourself and say, now, baby, girl, this is what you're doing wrong, but listen, if you come to me and you give it all to me, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to help you come out from this, that, or the other. So we cannot ignore our relationships with God, we have to make those relationships stronger and stronger and stronger so that you can be the best woman of God that you want to be. We don't want to be sitting in church where our minds are all crazy, We're thinking all kinds of off-the-wall things, getting into things. Because, see, when you the Bible says Satan is seeking whom he may devour. So he's always looking and searching. But well, you got to be the one to say, but you're not going to get me because I'm hooked up with the Lord God Almighty, and he is perfecting me. He is doing inside of me the work that needs to be done so that I do not open up the door for Satan to come in. You know, and this is what we're yielding to the Father for so that we can get where we need to be so we're whole and not, we're not walking as half-half. No, God has made us to be whole people If you accept it. See, that's the thing. A lot of times we don't want to accept what God has done for us. And so that's an excuse. And because we don't want to take responsibility that, you know, you got to do something too, honey. You've got to accept what God has done. And you've got to start asking to help you to walk in what he's done for you. And when you begin to do that, you will see a lot of things begin to fall off of you, things begin to change, your whole mindset is changing, because you don't want to do that, and when you understand how much God loved you, and how much he loves you, your whole attitude should change, you know, I think about how God has loved me, and shown his love for me, and brought me in, and it makes me feel like, Lord, oh, I don't want to do nothing to offend you, Lord, I don't want to do anything that's going to make you grieve, because I'm out here, living a halfway life. No, it should drive you to say, Lord, I just want to do all that I can do for you and be all I can be for you. That's where our mindset should be. And if it's not there, then you've got to take some self-reflection and see where you have left the door open or what you have not done in order that you're now thinking contrary to how you should be thinking towards your father. You've got to do some self-reflection, but you have to look and say, Lord, I got my relationship with you is most important. So Lord, show me because I want to be what you want me to be. So therefore the floodgates can open up to you, you know, and you won't be hindering things that need to happen in your marriage. That goes for the husband too, but you don't be talking to wives and stuff. You want to pray effectively for your husband but you can't pray effectively if you all crazy and, act, and acting out and off. You've got to get yourself—not you—because God will do it. But you got to yield to God for Him to do it for you, so that you can be in a position of praying and effective praying. You know what I'm Amen. saying? You don't want ineffective. Amen. 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 And and that 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 right there is 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 a perfect point. To drive this whole thing home, it, Minister Michelle, you have been, and and I mean, an enormous blessing to us this oh, morning. So. These finances um, have definitely been a stronghold <laughs> in many marriages, in many yes. women's lives, in many husbands' lives, and we thank you so much for blessing us this morning. We got to have you back, and, and I'm welcome. looking forward to having oh, you my back. We, the, the work to do, the exactly. work to do, and giving yes, God yes. thanks, we'll be in touch, and I really, really, really pray that God continues to give you, you know, 37 more years in that marriage. Amen. Have a wonderful, Amen. wonderful, I thank wonderful, you wonderful too. blessing. And blessings to all the women that were listening, and I just pray that God would evermore speak to you, and that you would rise up to be the woman of God that he's called you to be. Amen, amen. Love it, love it, love it. Have a blessed one. Love you too. Okay, Okay. have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wow, what a blessing, what a blessing. Well, now, you know we are moving into our blessing of the last few minutes of the broadcast as we have our switch tip with Shantice. Good morning, Shantice. Good morning, Pastor Scott. Ah, how are you today? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm well. What you got for us today? What you got for us? Okay, today I got the switch with Shanti's where we make the switch from the streets to our godly seat. And our switch tip 139 is don't mix the world with your ministry. Mm-hmm. definition of ministry is service to God and to other people in his name. So when we are called to ministry, we are also called to have the desire to minister by meeting people's needs with love and humility on Christ's behalf. So we pretty much do what he did, even though he may not have done the exact same thing, like the tactics are the, are the same, but he knows what he's handing out to who. But that should, that, that's the desire that comes along with the ministry. So for the definition of the world, I actually pulled up these two verses, 1 John 2, 16 through 17 in New Living Translation, which reads, For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. So if you Google biblically what does the Bible say about the world or, you know, what does God say about the world, you'll get a lot of definitions. But these two, I'm sorry, a lot of verses. But these two stood out to me because the world, the the enemy is the prince of this world. So it's nothing but the opposite of what God is. God is love, God is mercy, God is grace, God is humility, so on and so forth. And then you have the enemy where it's just devious and wicked and sinful and lustful and so on and so forth. So now when you read those two verses and then you go back to the definition of ministry, there's no servicing going on in the world. There's no servicing going on in the streets. It's a doggy dog world, and that's also biblical. Everyone looking out for themselves, Everyone trying to pull somebody else down so they can get on top. Everybody trying to make a name for themselves. Everybody doing whatever it is that they have to do to get to wherever it is they want to be or whoever they want to become. And that's not ministry. So when God hands you something to do so that you can be of service to him and to other people, we cannot now mix the world. And the world is also our flesh the world's also our flesh. We could not mix the world's tactics, everything that we learn in the streets, with the ministry that he has given us. Ephesians 4, 12 through 13, with living translation, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. There is very little maturity going on in this world. There are really no standards and morals in this world. So now when you start talking to people and or start showing the standards and morals that God is teaching you to uphold and to walk in and to talk in and to see through and to hear through, you look real sick to everybody else. But if you do, that's when you know you're doing it right. So don't worry about it. But we have a responsibility within our ministry. What is it again? To service God and service other people through whatever it is that he has given you to do. Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15 B, mean Living translation, be a good worker, one who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly explains the word of truth. So in order to be effective in your ministry, you have to actually understand the importance and move in having your own relationship with God, your own relationship with Jesus, spending time in his word, spending time praying, spending time with like-minded people, because you have to learn God's work ethic to you. I'm going to tell y'all real quick, before I gave my life to God, he allowed me to see like any streets in the world. When it comes to work, I know how to get a job. I know how to keep a job. I can work two jobs at once. I can take a vacation for one job and go work another one. I can make my money. I can save my money. I can blow my money, but then hustle to make it back. I can do all of that. When it came time to work for him, I was like, wow, I suck. (laughs) my work ethic is trash because working for him, again, going back to those standards and morals, discipline, obedience there is no real discipline in these jobs out here if you make it in in time to just clock yourself in sometimes if you cool with the managers they'll clock in for you you can cuss managers out and still work that was me you can do all oh, that that wasn't discipline that that wasn't discipline but now that i'm working for directly for him and he's placing these assignments and this work in my hands and in my lap. And he's really showing me like, yeah, you're not, you, you were able to make it out there. But let me just show you, like, you really about to learn in here. So we have to make sure that we're not bringing in, again, the world's tactics into the ministry. Everything that he's giving you, you now have to humble yourself to understand he has to deprogram you and you have to learn work ethic all over again, but with some real standards and morals. Acts twenty, twenty four B in the messy version. What matters most to me is to finish what God started. The job the Master Jesus gave me of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. Now I believe I said this before in one of our other switch tests, but Jesus worked over time to make sure I got to know God for myself, not through what I thought, not through my shame, not through my guilt, not through what I've heard other people say. And I was very blessed to grow up in a church family where they did not—they uh, didn't hover over you the way the typical church family does. You know, you—you you were taught the word, you were given the word. They were very stern, but they were very supportive. You grow up there and make your own decisions. You may still be an adult and be told you better be in church. But it wasn't all that hounding and and all of that. So I didn't have that area to worry about as far as, well, God was introduced to me like this and da-da-da, and it wasn't the truth. But my own craziness, my own mind, my own sins and – you know, when you're so shameful that you feel like you can't face God and you just think of God as just this being who just wants to punish you when you make a mistake and he's like, okay, I'm sending you to hell and all of that. Jesus worked overtime for me, like, to get to know who God really is. And that's our job. Whatever ministry. My One of my ministries is embroidery. So through this embroidery fashion, I have the responsibility of letting everyone I meet know all about this incredibly extravagant generosity of God. I don't have time to be putting my issues up in this, the way I used to work in the world up in this, because all it's going to do is make the lines blurred. I can't be afraid to stand up for you, to stand up for God. I have to make sure I pray for that spiritual boldness. So we have to make sure we're making the switch from mixing the world up with our ministry to making sure we're properly walking in the standards and morals that God is teaching you in general as a Christian and specifically for you so that you can properly be of service to God and to others. Thank you, Pastor Steph. Ooh, thank you, Shanti. Thank you for such a switch tip this morning. It kind of flows, as always, into our conversation of the morning. Thank you so much for your contribution, and we pray you have a blessed day. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Ah, uh, let's get that benediction in Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. We've had a morning. Oh my. Goodness gracious, you know, as, I, as like I said earlier, uh, a little while ago, you know, as I was listening to Minister Michelle speak about her journey and, you know, the things that they experienced and how not only God brought them out and God brought them through, but just the learning. Just the growth that was experienced was amazing. And, again, you can't grow properly if you don't give your life to the Lord properly. Ooh, did I just say that? Oh, yeah. And Shanti said it. You know, I remember when she used to come home and she would tell me, the HR manager... An administrator, how she would speak to her superiors, and I used to say, to "Her, you could never work for me. You could, you, you, I would have fired you ten times over, or I would have told the manager, get rid of her. Her work ethic, I just the pits." And interesting turn when she started to. Become independent, you know, and and God gave me the message to give to her about, you know, what she should focus on. I was able to point out some stuff to her and say to her, you're having a difficult time with this. Because you're having a diff- you had a difficult time with this before. You're you, you're running into a wall here because that's what you used to do before, and all of this stuff has to shift. And and I don't care how much she realized that what she did back then, she could not do working independently, you know, or, or working as her own boss, if you will, because she still had two bosses over her. But working independently, she realized she couldn't But do the same things. But if she had not given her life to the Lord, it wouldn't have worked. It wouldn't have worked no more. Then it really didn't work then. And, you know, I used to always tell the, 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 the young people in the congregation, I used to say to them, I said, let me tell you something. Y'all think y'all won? <laughs> you, you didn't win. You didn't win. They just gave up. They just walked off. At the end of the day, you, 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 you think you want look at where you are now. Had you taken what God was giving you and used it as a blessing, as an asset, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't be all twisted now. So that shows me now that you did not win. Because how in the world are you still as jacked up now as you were back then? And unless she had made that transition from being in the world to now becoming more serious about God, the work ethics would have never changed. And even streamlining some of your thoughts as you're working and some of the, the the way you do things and the way you speak to customers, you know, back then, you know, it was about making her money. You know, yeah, you, we used to always tease her because she used to always have that uh, good hello, my name is Shantice. and we were like oh here we go, <laughs> cause she knew how to turn it on to get her money. You know, and I always said her and my father, man, they know how to work, they know how to get it on, they know how to talk to those customers, those clients. They know, they know exactly. I, I don't, I, that ain't me, that ain't me. I need to be able to talk the way I need to talk. I ain't got to worry about a dollar come in or or whether you smile at me later, I, that, that that just ain't my lane. Because I need to be able to just lay it out, and sometimes, as you hear, it's gonna come out nice. Other times, it's gonna come out a little rough. But I need to be able to say what I need to say. I ain't gotta worry about holding no door for you. I ain't gotta worry about putting no plate on your table. I ain't gotta worry about fixing your car and hoping you come back. I don't. I don't have that. That that's not my thing. That's not my thing. And they have a. They they. That's a gift that they have. They mandate can work it. But what I watched her and I watched the transition and I watched God break her down and and have to learn the hard way. Yo, this is a different different situation. When you work for God, he is mandating that you work with a certain ethic. He mandates that you do now. I have to do the same thing, not just because I'm a little more rough, you know. I, doesn't mean I don't do the same thing because I'm very passionate. And and sometimes being that 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 that, that soft-spoken person doesn't get the job done. Plain okay. simple as that. But again, I didn't have those work ethic issues back then, you know, like she did. But it is. It's amazing to see and hear the transition that takes that took place. When she started working for the master Ooh Ooh Wow Wow and, and and it was also a lesson that I had to learn You know, I always tell people I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't drug I didn't do all of that kind of stuff My issue God had to deal with me Was all walking off If you didn't have something for me If whatever you were doing Wasn't going to bless me uh, or 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 how can I say it wasn't going to benefit me for my goals or whatever. Nah, we all right. I'll talk to you later. And you can't do that in ministry. <laughs> you can't. You can't. And and it's a challenge at times for me to just hold on and swallow and go back. It's it's a big thing. But at the end of the day, you have to change your work ethic. When you're working for the Lord, you cannot bring to God what you bring to the world because it's different. God's expectation is a whole lot higher, much higher than the world. And on the flip side, God is a little more lenient with you. You want to work for God opposed to some of these people out here. You know, I I, I walked off two jobs because they didn't know how to treat people. And I was like, I ain't dealing with this, but you can't walk off from God again. Remember I said, God had to teach me, you know, I couldn't walk off. I can't walk off. And you've got to now give your life to the Lord to the degree. And that's what both ladies were talking about this morning. Your life has been, has to be given to God in such a degree at such, I mean, at such a level of intensity that, you, you have to stick this thing through and by prayer. That's how it works. Her, her work, Shantice's work ethic changing is no different than Minister Michelle or Pastor Terry's prayer life for their husbands. You have got to give your life to the Lord. You have got to be dedicated. You've got to be committed. You've got to be obedient. You've got to have a life that's hidden in Christ because if not, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're going to go through all, a whole bunch of unnecessary things. It's different than, you know, when the Lord says, you know, rejoice during trials and tribulations because it builds endurance. You know, the, the, the world tells you what don't kill you will make you better. I hate that saying because it, it, it has, again, that street mentality to it. I'm sorry because I'm not dead. I'm better. I don't think so. But with God, with God that strength and that endurance gets built on a whole different level. And that's what we're talking about today, praying, praying for, praying for your work ethic, praying that you don't bring those street things into God's business, praying that, you know, when you see your husband going through, you're going to look at him and go, you know what, God? He needs me to pray for him. He don't only need me to bed him. He doesn't only need me to cook for him. He doesn't only need me to clean for him. He needs me to pray for him. So, ladies, let's get that prayer game going. Let's put it in its right perspective. Let's make sure that we're on our job and we're doing what we need to do. our friend minister Michelle Wade for coming through and blessing us this morning thank you for hanging out with us today and listening helping us do what we do please do not miss this opportunity to accept Jesus as your personal Savior right now please do not miss this opportunity to strengthen that relationship with the Lord right now because tomorrow is not later is not promised to us. Now, tomorrow, God Spares, I'm going to be on 911, Prayer 911 Daytona with our friends, the Stokes. So please, I will give you the information tomorrow, but please plan to listen. Tomorrow evening, God Spares Our Life. But tomorrow morning, it will be, uh, let's talk about it Tuesday, Church Folk Day. God Spares Our Life. Until then, I love you.